0: Real Talk Real Estate, I'm Tegan, and I'm back with C-Mac.
1: Hey, everyone. Um, okay,
0: I want to bring this up. So we were walking around Realtor Quest The last two days. The last two days. Um, very fascinating for me, who's not in real estate. Now, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I don't want to say anything bad, but a lot of... Um, there were a lot of grouchy realtors that were scaring me while we were there. <laughs>
1: So funny, because you're not part of the industry. And actually, just for a little context, RealtorQuest is the industry conference where realtors come and learn about different products and services. But what did we find? Did they want to learn about services and products? People
0: just wanted to talk about themselves. When you're
1: <laughs> Actually, I thought they just wanted to put their business cards in all the slots so they could win something. Oh, yeah, and win
0: things. <laughs> yeah, get, get free things. But anytime you said hi to somebody, it was you got a life story, which I love talking to people. But it was, yeah, def- definitely an interesting uh, group of folks from my perspective. And some very amazing people, too. Met some very uh, wonderful realtors, too. But there was a... Very, uh, there's a very stereotyped realtor type. And usually (laughs) it's um, an older white gentleman who maybe is losing some hair.
1: And uses a BlackBerry.
0: And uses a BlackBerry. And uh, now I'm not uh, making a political statement, but typically a uh, member of the Conservative Party of Canada. No, okay. So it was funny because um, when I left, there was a man outside on his Blackberry who fit that description perfectly, who was saying into his phone, Conservative Party of Canada. <laughs> and I just lost it. I was laughing. It was hilarious. It was that was the stereotype right there.
1: Well, that said, that said, I did sit in on the 930... 930- uh, innovation talks that they had. They had four innovation talks, and, and that was quite fabulous. But you know, Tegan, I think we should do a whole show on some of the gems we plucked out of Realtor Quest at a later date.
0: Yeah, I think that would be amazing. I think a lot of people would be interested in that. And I want to hear more about the innovation talk. And speaking of innovators...
1: Oh yeah, we have David on today. Yeah,
0: um, on the first podcast, uh, we were talking about who should we bring on. You said david fleming of toronto realty blog yeah and right? you were
1: able to reach him and set it up
0: i was able to reach him yeah so we are going to get him on the phone right now i'm actually going to set this up so um what we're going to do i'm going to wave out my phone i'm going to make this happen and when we come back you are going to hear david fleming
1: Whew, can't so stay wait. tuned
0: we'll be right back So we're back with David of Toronto Realty Blog. Uh, we mentioned last week I was talking to c about who can we have on the show. And she said, David Fleming. Um, your site's amazing. How long, how long have you been running this thing now? I started the site actually late
2: 2006. I uh, started blogging in 2007. And uh, it kind of seems like a blur. Sometimes I have to remind myself that it's been 10 years. But uh, yeah, wow, what a whirlwind. You were early to the blogging game. I was. I I was, to be perfectly honest, I didn't even know what a blog was until a friend of mine said, you should start a real estate blog. There are no real estate blogs. And in response to that, I said, what is a blog? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally, you know, he was one of those very ahead of the curve kind of guys. And, and he said, I'm telling you, there's an opportunity. And so I've always fashioned myself a writer. You know, I, I, uh, I kind of wanted to go into writing in school. I ended up going to, to business school. Um, I, I wrote, you know, sort of creatively throughout high school, on the side as a hobby, I guess while everyone else in school was going out and having fun, I was sitting at home writing and long story short, I've put it to good use together in uh in real estate because that is uh, where i've made my name that's where all my business comes from and, and that's what I'm known for is for writing blogs
0: you're You've done a really great job at being authentic and creating an actual two way conversation, which is where a lot of realtors fall down where they have a social presence, whether it be a blog or Twitter. Uh, Instagram, whatnot, and it's all about them and pretty much asking for a sale or here's my listing. And you've done something really authentic, which um, I can only imagine has worked very well for you. Well, that's kind of the irony. I mean, around
2: the same time a friend said you should start a blog was when I had been in real estate for two years, maybe three years, and I hated real estate agent websites because every single one of them was just a static one-page site with the realtor's photo and their name. Most of them were probably like 80% were done by one company who I won't name. Um, and I just, I said, this is ridiculous. There's no, there's no value. There's no content. And, you know, as a consumer as well, you know, I, I would think to myself, if this was me, I would want content and God forbid there was content. You had to sign in and give away everything but your sin number for it. So, you know, I, I sort of took the contrarian approach and I said, I want to start something different. Sorry, guys.
0: I, I'm i hearing a truck backing up there. Oh, is that on your end or on our end? Oh, I think that's on your end. Okay, sorry. Okay, um, the, the sounds of living in downtown Toronto. No kidding. I, you mentioned I, awful um, websites, and I mm. have that on my list to mention because now, I don't want to make you shade anybody, but I feel like a lot of realtor websites are still... Not the greatest. There's a real lack of um, marketing savvy.
2: Yeah, you know the realtor website at the very basic level is a virtual business card. So if somebody meets you on you know in person on the phone, if you're referred, the first thing we do nowadays is we Google somebody. And so if if you said, oh, you've got to talk to my real estate agent, Bob Smith. Okay, no problem. I'll do that. Before I do that, I'm going to Google that person. So if Bob Smith's name comes up and there's his website and it says about me and it has a couple of, you know, pictures and, and maybe some sales that may or may not belong to Bob and they happen to be somebody in his office and he's just asked permission to put them there. But you've got to have a virtual business card. If you have no web presence, you know, you, you really don't exist. So at the very basic level, that's what a realtor website is. But I've always thought, either, you know, I'm I'm very binary, either go for broke and offer something of value or just have the very, very basic, um, you know, virtual business card. And and I find that some agents will spend time and money, you know, on their, on their basic, basic site, but if there's no content, if there's no value, then why will somebody go to that website? And, And it doesn't stop agents from continuing to um, you know, do exactly what every other agent has done. But you know, look, that is that is our industry for the most part. People like to do what everyone else is doing, and it doesn't really separate them from the pack.
0: Yeah, totally. Everybody kind of jumps on board. So, if if you were to give some advice to somebody who, let's say, there's a realtor listening and they have a website and they think, oh, this is awesome, I should incorporate some blog content into my website. What would your advice be, and what kind of content would you say do this? don't do that? Well, I think as far as blogging
2: goes, um, number one, you have to have something interesting to say. So there's a lot of agents and we see it. If you log into Facebook right now and you happen to be a real estate agent, you've got 300 friends that are agents. You know, 87 of them have just sent the same article to their Facebook. So you've got to, you can't just Retweet or copy and paste something someone else has written. You've got to have something to say. Second of all, you have to say it often. You have to have people coming back. So I see people's websites when I click on it and it says blog. And I look and the last time they wrote an article was January 10th, 2017. Before that, it was July of 2016. You've got to do it regularly in order to make people come back. Um, and then it's, it's got to have, it's got to have something To it, whether it's your voice, your style, your theme, your opinion, whether it's visual, there's got to be something, you know. Let's say that, yes, you do know how to write, yes, you do have something to say, yes, you can do it three days a week. Okay, well, what's the theme here? And you put that all together, and then you still have to find a medium for it. You know, if you just start a, a blog section on your website, How are people going to find it? Where are you going to advertise it? How are you going to roll it out? So there's so much that goes into it, and I find that a lot of agents, and I commend them for trying it, but a lot of agents, they can't write, they misspell things, there's no turn of phrase, it's poorly written, it's uninteresting, and they've done it twice in six months. If that's what they're going to do, you're better off going out and knocking on doors to get business, or going to networking clubs, or spending money on ad mail. There's many ways to get business in real estate, And, um, you know, this happens to be my thing, but I'm not knocking on doors once every two years and saying, geez, door knocking doesn't work for me. So, uh, you know, by the same token, I think that people that want to blog to get real estate clientele,
0: they really need to look at what they're doing and how they're doing it. Brilliant, like hit the nail right on the head. You totally have to, whatever you're doing, and you've done this well, um, your uniqueness is your calling card. If you're going to do it, do it world class. Uh, mm-hmm. You've done a brilliant job with that. What have what you learned from your own site that you um, um, maybe didn't expect that would come from it? Oh, no question. It's the, the reader interaction.
2: And so going back to the theme of the original 2004 static no content realtor website, that wasn't a site. That was just a picture of you with your name. So even if you do start blogging, and there are some people that can, you know, they can write a few things and and maybe they do get readership. Maybe what they have to say is interesting. But without the reader interaction, it's still one-sided. So let's say that I'm blogging three times a week. It's great content. It's interesting. It's well-written. It's only half of the story if I'm just saying it. But people have to speak back to me. So if someone posts and says, I completely disagree with you, David, here's why. There's value there. If somebody posts back to that person and says, no, I agree with David, and here's why. These people are adding content and adding value, but they're making it real. This becomes a discussion. And sometimes I will post a blog, and I'll be surprised to see that there are 60 responses. And this is not like your average internet commenter where, to be perfectly blunt, most of what people write anonymously on the internet is negative, condescending, rude, insulting. It's dumbed down. My readers are so astute. I am blessed to have the readership that I do because they will post links to websites with statistics. They'll post articles. They'll they'll generate their own arguments. And all it does really is just double, triple, quadruple the value of what I'm putting out there.
0: You've re- you've branded yourself uh, not only as a realtor, but also an influencer, which um, is of huge benefit. And I feel like any realtor uh, would love, love to have uh, that in their back pocket. I mean, that's a huge asset.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not without a few cuts and scrapes along the way. Um, I've wouldn't say I've made a few enemies. Well, actually, that's fair. I probably have. I mean, I, I started out this crusade against buying in pre-construction because I, I think that the game is so rigged and it's the deck is stacked so far against the consumer. And every agent that makes their living selling pre-construction condos, they don't like me. They don't like what I say. Um, you know, I wrote a blog post once about a building in Toronto where um, the the residents had voted to take out a massive loan at a 6 to 8% interest rate to make repairs in the building repayable in a massive balloon payment years later, that basically, in my opinion, was a very bad idea. They should have issued a special assessment and all paid up front, but they said, no, let's borrow money and pay it back later. What that did was have them blacklisted by all three mortgage insurers. And I wrote about it on my blog and there was 130 comments on that blog post. Um, it was picked up in the Globe and Mail, and I had agents, uh, sorry, not agents, I had people in the building complain. Um, at the end of the day, my information was correct. It didn't stop them from lying, saying it was incorrect. People complained to Rico, people sent letters to my broker, and I liken myself to a movie reviewer who says, I don't like this movie, or a food critic who says, this food didn't taste good. I wrote about a building. And I was shocked by the result. Those people had a dirty little secret. They said it was none of my business. You know what I did? I saved people from making a massive financial mistake. And I was proud of that. And other people thanked me for it. But you know what? I'll never get a listing in that building. And I'm okay with it because I did the right thing.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, you're not one to shy away from controversy, which is amazing. You speak your mind. You have an opinion. There's people who totally agree with you and respect that. Um, So where do you get the majority of your new clients from? Do they come from the blog, referrals, or, um, or anywhere else?
2: Yeah, I would say most of the new business is from referrals from existing clients or from the blog. So you know, my, my approach has been very backwards. Most real estate agents, they go out and they look specifically for business and they look to find somebody that wants to buy or sell. And then they introduce themselves to that person. They try to get to know that person, that buyer or seller may choose to work with them or not. For me, I have people that come to me directly. They read my blog. A lot of people say, okay, I don't like this guy. He's, he's this, that, or the other thing. They'll never call me. The people that read it and like it, I'll get an email that says, hey, my name's Jim, I've been reading your blog for the last year, it's great, uh, I'm looking to buy a condo. And so by the time I meet them, they already know me, they've watched my videos, they've heard my personal anecdotes, they know my wife's name and my dog's name. It's a very interesting dynamic because these people, they don't need to get to know me, they already know me. And if they're working with me, chances are they already agree with either the areas that I like the values that that I see out there in the market, the way of doing business. So, again, I I consider myself blessed because what I put out there, it's free and it's available to everybody, but the people that like it, like it a lot. And that's where my primary
0: source of new business comes from. Brilliant. You're a thought leader and a change maker. I (laughs) love it. So anybody who's listening who hasn't visited your site before, where can they uh, find your site? TorontoRealtyBlog.com? Yep, yeah,
2: torontorealtyblog.com. I post new articles every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do a video feature called Pick Five on Thursdays. So that's basically my reviewing. I pick five properties. Sometimes it's geographic. Sometimes it's price. There's different running themes. And that's a video you need to uh, sign in to view it because of uh, Treb and Rico's archaic rules, <laughs> which everyone's familiar with about uh, dissemination of information. Um, but you do have to sign in and you get a, a password, and you can watch those video reviews of properties every Thursday. Uh, my social media is updated regularly. I do some fun features on uh, Facebook and and, uh, and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, sometimes, uh, if I'm really feeling fun, I give out prizes. You know, they're always random little things. I'll do a video, and I'll say, oh, here's a little tidbit. First person that can, you know, in some random movie quote or something that enters my head, I'll give you a $100 gift card. So, I don't know. I, I just really like interacting with people that are out there, and and Real estate is something that is interesting to everybody, and so I love hearing stories. I love meeting people, and sometimes you know you meet somebody through a giveaway contest, or you hear from them uh, through uh, you know a Twitter game or, or something like that. And I, I think that's what keeps me on my toes and
0: makes my job fun every day. Okay, so before you go, C Mac has a quick question for you. Sure, I'm going to pass you over to C Mac.
1: Hi, David. Welcome. I'm so glad you got to have this call with Tegan.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, so some of the questions that uh, have been coming up a lot with a bunch of realtors have been, what are they supposed to do with their clients in this market in terms of pricing, having an offer night, what's going to happen on offer night? Some people are actually not getting offers on offer night. Is that something you're experiencing? Or what do you think is happening with the current market?
2: Markets are dynamic and they change uh, sometimes overnight. And what we saw about mid-April, Around the time the Liberals made that announcement, I mean, I think it started happening before. But that liberal announcement, the home trust scandal, the negativity in the in the media, um, it might have put a few buyers, you know on the sidelines. And I think with a massive surge in demand, a ton of people that bought January, February, March that ordinarily would have waited. I think what we're seeing now is just very simple shift in supply and demand, and there is more supply and there's less demand than there was before. So in terms of a strategy for a seller, you have to understand what the market is. And this is incumbent upon listing agents. If you're a listing agent and you don't have the stomach to tell your seller what's going on the market, then look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, why am I doing this for a living? You have to tell your seller, hey guys. We're not getting March's price. I need you to a acknowledge that and b accept it. And some sellers will cross their arms and say, "Too bad. I want what my neighbor got in March." But it doesn't work that way. So if yeah. you're going to if you're going to underprice the property, hold back and hope for multiple offers, you have to tell your sellers if this doesn't work, we're coming out higher. So we're listing at eight ninety nine, looking for one point one. If we don't get it, are you okay with listing at a million seventy nine the day after offers? You've got to be ahead of the game you've got to keep your sellers informed. And on the buyer side of things, you know, sellers can be greedy, but so can buyers. So what I'm telling buyers now is there are certain pockets of the city where you can get a property for 10% less than you would have in March. And some buyers are saying, well, how much more can I get if I wait two months? You know what? That's a risk reward equation. And if you find yourself pregnant and you've got to get a house in two months, or your lease is expiring, or you're being transferred for your job and you have to close on a place by June 1st, you don't have the luxury of waiting. So, you know, take the 10% dip and run to the bank with it because the house up the street sold for 10% more in March. So, I, I think for agents, you've, you've just, you can't beat around the bush, you can't hide what's going on. You've got to have these difficult conversations with your
1: clients. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And actually, just prior to the announcement, when the front page of the Globe and Mail was Toronto bubble, question mark, Mm -hmm. it's amazing how much the market responds, even if it's a temporary dip, to what goes on in the press. So all of a sudden buyers that would be out there are holding back because they think, am I buying at the top of the market? But conversely, sellers are thinking, I don't want to miss selling at the top of the market. So it's exactly as you say on the converse, sellers start thinking, I'm going to list my property and flood the market. So you have a retraction of buyers and an increase of sellers, which reverses that supply demand equation. So a lot of, uh, Savvy agents might be taking their buyer clients and saying, "We have a nice little dip here. This is the time to buy. Let's get out there."
2: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, no one can really time the market. Like I've got a stack of articles and and uh, Toronto Life covers and stuff dating back to two thousand four about the bubble bursting. So if I were to pull out a, a front page magazine from 07, where it says the market is going to crash. What do you say to that? Because the average home price since then in Toronto is up about 140% oh, yeah, or more, yeah. than, more than doubled more if than you doubled. look at the April number. So by the same token, I mean, look, there's that old joke, the media has predicted 10 of the last two recessions. So if they keep saying it and saying it and saying it, sooner or later, it's it's that old Nostradamus, right? You make enough predictions. One's going to be right. Sooner or later, they're going to say, see, we told you so. So I mean, I, I, I've seen this and I've heard it. I got into business in 04 and people were saying the market's about to crash. Now's a bad time to start a career. So I've heard it and heard it and heard it. I'm not looking forward. I look at today's market. I don't look at yesterday's. I don't look at tomorrow's because you just can't. And some people say, well, that's irresponsible. You should look ahead and, and try to forecast. We can't do it. We're in a market of buyers and sellers. It can change daily. You, you have to be looking at today and today only. Uh, if you're an active seller, you can't look back at the previous price. If you're an active buyer, if you want to run the risk, the prices you know continue to drop. Uh, they may pick right back up again like Vancouver did. So it's, it's incumbent upon the agent to give the information out and then let the seller and the buyer make uh, their minds up.
1: Well, I'm certainly glad Tegan reached you and he got you on the show because I think anyone would do well having you as their agent. And it's just a pleasure to read your blog. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it back over to Tegan here, but I'd be really interested if he asked you who you'd want to hear on one of these Real Talk Real Estate podcasts. Could Ooh. be an agent, could be an industry specialist. Uh, what do you think?
2: Well, I mean, I'd love to hear from the guys that ran Urban Corp, but I don't know if they would take the interview. Um, <laughs> that's a we company that. Uh, <laughs> What's that? We will get them. Well, you know what? I, I mean, look, I say that facetiously. There, uh, you know, I. I um, one of my many blog topics over the years has been I identified this company ten years ago as a a company that I did not think was, uh, doing a good job, um, either with the building or the process. And in the end, they got their comeuppance when they declared bankruptcy last year. But, um, I, I've always found that, um, you know, there are certain people you'd love to hear from. And then when you get right down to it, you think, you know what, they're not going to tell me what they really think anyways. So, but yeah, I I mean, facetiously, again, I'd love to hear from, you know, pre-construction condominium agents that can say all the great things they've done for their clients, which is kind of the same thing they said in the movie Boiler Room. And, uh, it conjures (laughs) up, conjures up images of guys driving fast cars and, you know, caring about their commissions. And so, you know, that side of the business is one that's always bothered me because I, I do think it is, uh, it's very crooked. And uh, the agents that are attracted to, you know, sell 10 units in this building, get a Mercedes. I mean, that doesn't really say that you're looking out for the best interests of your buyer. So yeah, I'd love to have a pre-construction expert on the show and talk about all the big money they're making for their clients. Just make sure you ask them about carrying costs, closing costs, uh, HST rebates, uh, phantom mortgages, and all the fun stuff that takes the profit away.
0: There you have it, David Fleming. I totally dig this guy. I, he's smart. He's a thought leader. Uh, he really knows his stuff. Um, I'm, I'm for the first guest. I'm so happy that it was him. I really like him.
1: You know, for those of you who who didn't hear when Tegan was trying to get him on the line, I have to say, we had some technical glitches, and so David is very generous. That was not only is he wise, and that, did I like his blog and love to get to hear him, but He's generous with his time. He's generous with his knowledge. And I, you know, after listening to him, could you agree more?
0: He's awesome. And uh, yeah, very, very, I'm I'm okay with naming names. There is, now I I tried this app a year ago, a year and a half ago when it first launched, it's called Ringer. It's the only of its kind where you can record studio audio through a smartphone. Um, It did not work. For about 25 minutes, we kept trying it <laughs> over and over again. So, the audio you heard, we finally had to uh, cut it down to a lower quality to make it work.
1: So, all the next podcasts will sound better because we did figure it out. Yes. Yeah. And as you, you know, just like when you call in because you can't figure out your computer and they say, Did you turn it off and did you turn it on? Well, we learned not to do it over Wi Fi and to be on.
0: Using Dada. your using your carrier, yeah, yeah that, that's the way to go. So
1: we're still learning
0: as we go. We want to make sure that anytime we have somebody on the phone, it's great audio quality. Uh, we want this to be a world class podcast. So uh, you're hearing the rocky beginnings of Real Talk Real Estate. Ooh, still,
1: but stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned. It's only going to go up from here.
1: And speaking of that, when can? How often are we going to do this?
0: Uh, we're going to have a new show up every Wednesday. So Excellent. if you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, um, we're going to keep adding services as we find them. Uh, if you subscribe, when you wake up on Wednesday morning and you're about to hop in the car or hop on the train and go to work, there will be an episode for you to download listen to.
1: A new podcast A new of podcast. Real Talk Real Estate. Yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, I'm C-Mac.
0: And I'm Tegan. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next Wednesday.